We're going to continue in our series. Actually, we're going to finish off our series uh, for the month of March. Uh, our series entitled All In. How many of you have been blessed by this series this month? I know I have. I've learned, amen. We've, we've laughed and we've had a good, good time in the Lord as we always do. And so this being the, the last day of March, going into April, starting tomorrow, this year is just flying by, and we've been having fun, amen, haven't we? Isn't it, isn't it great to serve God? Isn't it? He's so, so faithful. The series we've been getting to, uh, into was, is entitled All In, and we've been We've been talking about uh, pray like you mean it, uh, serve like you mean it, worship like you mean it, love like you mean it. And tonight, we're going to continue in this. If you go turn your Bibles with me uh, to the book, to the book of, of John, chapter 10. John, chapter 10, verse 10. It says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Tonight's message is live like you mean it. We're talking about being all in. We're talking about the time that God has given to you to make every second count, amen? To, to live with purpose and to live as as if God created you for something special because we know that he did we know that that God did not make any mistakes of anyone here tonight right he's given you purpose and thank God for that he's given you hope he's given you a future before before we knew Christ we didn't really look forward to the future. Why? Because we already, we were, we were so stressed about today <laughs> that we didn't even, we didn't even want to see what tomorrow holds. But thank God that God has given us new direction. God has, God has given us a new perspective on life. I thank God for the perspective that he has given to each and every one of us. That we don't have to be down and out. That we don't have to, that we don't have to, to be a, a hopeless individual and say, well, things, things are only going to get worse in my life. No, you say God is my Father, so things are only going only to get better. Yes, I may face some storms in my life, but I know that He's with me. And I know that he's going to help me through that storm. So whatever comes my way, not to sound crazy, but I'm looking forward to it. Because I know that God is going to show me something new. God is going to give me a new strength when I go through that storm. And God is going to open my eyes to know him deeper. To have a deeper relationship with him. This is what God always does. We know that nothing gets wasted. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him nothing gets wasted in your life. 
He says, I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. You see, God desires for us to experience more than just mere existence. He desires for us to abound. The definition of abound is to be in large supply of. To be in large supply of. And so when God says, I desire to give you life and life more abundantly, God is saying that I'm going to, you're going to abound in life. You're going to have an, a full supply, an overflowing supply of life. How many of you want that tonight? You ever heard someone describe someone as being full of life? Yeah? You know, usually you, you talk about that, you know, in regards to like a child, don't you? You know, you see a child running in church, you know, after our service, you'll see them running in church. They're probably going to be my kids. But you'll see them running in church, and you're going to think, wow, that, that kid is so full of life. What do you mean by that? Well, you normally mean their energy, right? Because, you know, you're just sitting on your chair, and you're tired. You know, it's Wednesday, and, and you just want to get some rest, and you're like, oh, yeah, they're so full of life. I'm not, but they are. You use it to describe someone as being hopeful. They're so full of life. They're so hopeful. They're so joyful. Right? They're always, they're always smiling. Nothing seems to get them down. Is it because they have an easy life? I doubt it. I'm sure they go through the same things that we go through. But some people just choose to smile. Smile through the storm, amen? Turn to your neighbor and tell them, smile through the storm. Paul writes this in Colossians chapter 2, in verse 7. He says that they would abound in thankfulness. Mm, that's good stuff. Abound in thankfulness. He also writes in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 9 that they would abound in love. We know that abound means to have a full supply of. Paul also writes this in Romans chapter 15 in verse 13. He says that, that you would abound in hope. Paul mentions abound in thankfulness, abound in love, and abound in hope. See, God desires for us to abound in our lives. Not just merely exist, but to abound. To have overflowing in your life. You ever have those moments in your life? And I'm sure you have if you, if you are, are, are in a relationship with God where you feel like, God, it, man, your love is just overflowing. Your love for me, I can feel it, is overflowing, God. Thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for caring for me. Thank you for showing me that I am loved in this time where I feel like I'm alone. That's what God does. He overflows us with his love. But he desires for us to do this as well. I have come that they may have life 
and that they may have it more abundantly. I want to look at two things tonight. For us to live like we mean it. Number one is to live intentionally. Live intentionally. First John chapter 3, verse 18 says this. He says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. I think of, I think of a father who's got a daughter at that age where they start, you know, liking boys and, and a boy comes over the house and I could picture the father saying, what are your intentions with my daughter? <laughs> right, those famous words. What is your intention with my daughter? Well, what that dad is, what that father is actually saying is, what are your plans? Why do you like my daughter? Do you plan on marrying her? Are you working? <laughs> right? Is your plan to mooch off of her? Right? That's what that's getting at. What are your intentions? See, we have many intentions in life, don't we? I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to save money. I'm going to get that promotion. I'm going to marry that individual. Right? We have many intentions. And our intentions, you know, many of our intentions are, are good. See, but God desires for us to go past intentions and to start living intentionally. Why? Because the difference between living with intentions and living intentionally is action. That's the difference. See, because many can have intentions, right? We can say, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I intend to do this and do that. But if there's no action to it, it's just intentions. That's all it is. See, but when you say, you know what, instead of, instead of I'm going to start to lose weight, now you're saying, well, I started eating healthier. Instead of saying, I'm going to save money, you say, I started putting money from my check into a savings account. Instead of saying, I'm going to, I'm going to get this promotion, now you're saying, I started to make myself available to take on new tasks at work. You see, now you put actions to your words. It isn't just intentions. Now you've, you've, you've stepped forward into the realm of living intentionally. And this is where God wants us to be. See, it doesn't happen accidentally. We must be purposeful. We serve a God who is purposeful. See, God has plans for us. He says it in the book of Jeremiah. He says that his plans are to prosper us. His plans are not to harm you and I. 
Therefore, good and not evil is to give you a hope and a future. This is God's plan for you and I. In Jeremiah 32, verse 19, Jeremiah says this, and he says, Great are your purposes. I like that. Jeremiah 32, 19. Great are your purposes. How many of you have told God that recently? God, great are your purposes. And he says, and mighty are your works. Jeremiah really knew God. Jeremiah really knew how, how God operates and how much God loves him and cares for him. Jeremiah really understood that Jeremiah was, was a, an individual who was full of purpose. Who, was, who, was, uh, uh, who wasn't just, a, just an accident. He, God said, I've created you for a purpose, Jeremiah, and I have these plans for you. And I will make sure that they come to pass in your life. And you will see it. Job chapter 42 and verse 2 says, No purpose of yours can be withheld from you. No purpose of yours, meaning God, can be withheld from you and I. See, what does that mean? Is that means that it cannot be prevented. God's purpose and his plan will take place. And nothing can change it. Psalm 119, verse 10, says, With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. See, what the writer is basically saying is, God, I have intentionally, or I have made it a point in my life to keep your word in my heart. I've made it a point to remember what you said. I've made it a point to do it. I didn't just say that, that you know, it was, it was on my to-do list. I did it. I made it a point to do it, God. See, it's about doing things that are important to you, even when it's not easy. Start asking yourself why you do the things you do in your life. Why do you come to church? Is it because you feel forced to? Or is it because you choose to? Is it because you want to serve? Is it because you, you really enjoy the fellowship? Why do you come to church? Why do you have the friends that you have? Is it because no one else was available? You know, it's slim pickings out there? Well, you'll do. <laughs> I don't think anyone chose friends like that. 
But how do you choose your friends? Are they a negative or positive influence on your life? If you're married, why did you marry so-and-so? Don't get discouraged, all right? Don't focus on the things that upset you. Focus on the things that drew you to them in the first place. What was it? What was it that, that, just, that just compelled you to that individual? Hopefully it wasn't just you know, their, their looks or their money. <laughs> Hopefully it went deeper than that. What was it about them? Why do you do the things that you do in life? You need to start looking at it. You need to start asking yourself, why? So that you can start living intentionally. So that things don't just happen in your life. How did I, how did I end up at this job? I don't, well, maybe because maybe you applied for it. <laughs> I don't think anyone you know, pushed you into the job. You chose to do it. If you don't like it, then choose a different job. Start living intentionally. Let us remember what Solomon writes in Proverbs 19, verse 21. It says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but he says this, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Always leave room for God to move in your life. Always leave room for God to change things up. Because the Bible says we're going to have our plans and we're going to have our intentions and we're going to have our goals, but we need to leave room to allow God to change that up. We need to be able in our mind to say, God, you know, in, in our hearts and say, God, you know what? Yes, I have these plans, but you know what? I want to do your will. In my heart of hearts, I want to do your will. doesn't really matter what I want. I want what you want for me. Allow God to have that authority over your life. Not only live intentionally, but we must live with passion. Live with passion. Luke chapter 1 and verse 41. I'm sure uh, all of you know this story. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, we know what this is talking about, right? Elizabeth birthed John. Mary birthed Jesus. They were still in the womb. The Bible says that when, when Elizabeth heard Mary's voice, was at that point where, where Mary's voice was, was, was audible, right? Close enough. John the baby that was in Elizabeth's stomach leaped for joy. 
That's passion. That's passion. I could imagine, I could imagine, you know, little baby John in there when when he heard, when he heard Jesus' mother's voice, because because his his job was to lead the way for Jesus. I'm sure he was thinking, man, come on, mom, get me out of here. Get me out of here. I got a job to do. <laughs> I used to love watching videos of, of the late uh, Steve Irwin. You guys know who that is, right? The croc hunter. I used to love watching his videos. Why? Because there was so much passion in what he did. He loved what he did. I was going to try to imitate his voice, but I'm, I'll just ruin it. I can't do Australian. No. You have to try it at home. <laughs> Make a video and show me after. But you would watch him mess with these, these giant crocodiles, and he's like two feet from them. And, I mean... These, these big old dinosaurs are fast. They're quick. And he's, you know, just getting as close as can be. You know, many times he's kissing them. And as you're watching it, you can't help but to think, oh, you know, when is my turn, right? When can I feed the crocodile? But then, you know, reality has to hit us, right? And, and, and reality tells us, man, are you kidding me? You won't even pet the lizards in your backyard. <laughs> what makes you think you can get next to an 18-foot crocodile? But what is it? It's the passion. Why? Because passion is contagious. Even, even through a TV set, it's contagious. To see him talking about what he loves to do. You want to do it as well. You want to be there with him. It rubs off. Do we have that same attitude? And do we put forth that same passion when we talk about the things of God? When we talk about what God has done in our life, when we talk about church, do we? When we talk about ministries within our church, do we have that same drive? Do we have that same passion? See, why do you do the things that you do? I remember going to Friday night outreaches as a teenager. And I remember only going just to see, you know, my, at the time, my girlfriend, now my wife. I'm not lying to you. That's why I went. <laughs> at least I'm honest. I would just go to see her. You know, I'd, sometimes I'd just go to hang out with my friends, right? Because it was, it was, you know, something to do after church on, on Friday. But I remember, I remember always, always, Always dreading the point when Pastor Reg was going to ask me to give a testimony. 
<laughs> See, because I didn't go there for that reason. Pastor Reg didn't care. He was going to make sure that his passion rubbed off on, rubbed off on me. And he was going to say... <laughs> You know what's funny about Pastor Reg is that he wouldn't, he wouldn't ask me. He'd just, he'd just give me the mic. He'd say, hey, you're going up next. <laughs> you're going up next. <laughs> it's the best way to do it. <laughs> Don't give him a chance to say no, right? <laughs> but I remember giving a testimony and, and you know, basically, basically telling my story, basically sharing you know, with those who could hear my voice, what God has done in my life. You know, I was a church kid. You know, so I didn't have this crazy story. You know, I was shot 15 times, and, you know, it was while I was doing drugs, and, you know. You know. <laughs> God spared me. I was a church kid. I didn't do anything, you know. Yeah, I was you know, chewing gum in church. <laughs> Oh, man. So I gave my testimony. But I remember thinking afterwards, man, I can do that again. I can do that again. Why is that? Because I didn't want to do it in the first place, but actually doing it made me want to do it again. Why? Because of an experience. You see, passion usually comes from great experiences in your life. I saw that, you know what, I can do that. I can actually speak in front of someone. I didn't like speaking in front of people. I would try to hide at those outreaches, but he would always find me. But because of a great experience, because, because I was shown that, hey, you can do this. You can do this. Now get up there and do it. Because of that, you know what? It made me want to do it again. I shared the story of, of why... I was able to go fishing a second time in my life because the first time in my life that I went fishing, I actually caught a fish. So if it wasn't for that, uh, there would have probably never been a second fishing trip. Why? Because of the great experience. See, I guarantee it, if I would have went out fishing the first time, and been out there for four, five, eight hours and caught nothing, I would have said, Psh, it's for the birds. I ain't doing this again. I'm good. But I caught something, and so now there was a second time. You see, it's those times in your lives that God uses to motivate you and I. That God uses to, to strike that zeal and passion in your life. When's the last time, when's the last time at an outreach you gave your testimony? 
Maybe you're that person just like me who is hiding. I'm going to wait in the far back, all right? I'm going to, you know, if you have kids, right? I know all the secrets. If you have kids, I'm going to hold my kid the whole time so they won't call me up. <laughs> I've seen them all. <laughs> I'm going to talk with someone for like 15 minutes and they won't call me, right? Because I'm talking to someone. When's the last time you shared with someone your testimony, your story of what God has done in your life, how you're able to be where you are today in your life? It wasn't because of you. It wasn't because of your own strength or your own intelligence. It was because of God and his grace and his mercy and his love upon you, yours and mine's life. Another thing with living with passion is be careful who you associate with. Be careful who you allow to surround your life. Proverbs 13, verse 20 says, He who walks with wise men will be wise. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. We may not think it's a big deal, but those individuals that you spend time with and choose to hang out with, are they a bad influence over your life? Or are they encouraging you to draw closer to God? Do they... Pray for you when you're going through things, or do they talk about it to everyone else? Who do you associate with? See, don't let anyone or anything hinder your walk with Christ. As the worship team comes forward tonight, see, this is your relationship with God. Not someone else's. You're not living someone else's life. God wants a relationship with you. It's a beautiful thing. It's with you. He's not asking for your spouse. He's asking for you. He's not asking for the person sitting next to you. He's asking for you. He wants them too. But he's asking for you. God says, I want, I want a relationship with you. And I want you to find your purpose. I want you to live intentionally. To not just say things, but to do it. To put action to your words. God says, I want you to live with passion. God knows that you're not always going to have a, you know, you're not always going to have good days. But you have to choose joy. Don't you? You have to choose it. It's not going to just fall on your lap. 
to read here what Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Beginning in verse 5. Paul writes this to Timothy. He says, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. He says, don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. He says, work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. Paul says, as for me, Timothy, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Paul tells Timothy, Timothy, I've been through what you're going through. experience these things but I write to you right now as a testimony as a testimony of what God can do let my life show you let my life motivate you let my life encourage you and strengthen you to keep moving forward. He says, Timothy, I've lived like I mean it. I've lived that life. With God's help, I was able to do that. To live with purpose, to live intentionally. He says, I did that. God, help me. God, help me to stay consistent in my life. Because we know what happens with, we know it happens with consistency. You know, once is good, but keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep making choices intentionally on drawing closer to God. Paul says the passion that I lived with I hope that you run with it I pray that you run with it that same faith that your mother and grandmother had you run with it you don't look back Every head is bowed, every eye closed.